Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast, the space where we explore common misunderstandings of how life works, allowing us to gain new perspectives on health, wealth, relationships, and much more. Life doesn't have to be hard work. It can be a flowing collection of experiences if we learn some simple truths about how our experience is created. Through this understanding, we realize that at a fundamental level, we are all already whole and perfect. Okay, we're live. Hi, Jules. Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast. Nice to see you. Lovely to see you too, Jason. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, thanks for doing this with me. Um, I always love stuff around creativity because it's... um, it's been an area of my own life where I've seen so much different in such a short period of time, you know, and, and just by sort of showing up and, and seeing things differently. You know, I, I, I lived with a story of um, being a non-creative, you know, I think as many people will probably identify with, you know, it was almost like something you were born with naturally or not, you know, and um you know, it was always like, I, you know, and creativity for me always related to some form of artistic creation, you know, like music um, and drawing, painting, you know, things like that. Um, not other stuff, you know, and it was always like, I can't draw, I can't paint, you know, I, I, I can't play music, you know, so I'm just a non-creative. And I, and I used to have this um, distinction about, you know, you were either creative artistically or you were technical. You know, and it was kind of like I, I was a technical person. So I love computers and playing with cars and, and taking engines to bits and stuff like that. But I just when it came to a blank piece of paper, you know, it was like nothing, nothing came out of me, you know. So. So, yeah, I mean, it's a great subject. And, um, you know, I don't know where we jump off, but like our, our creative potential is definitely a big misunderstanding, I think, for a lot of people. Yes, I relate to a lot of what you've been saying. Um, I remember when I first started writing with um, Jack Grapes about 16 and a half years ago, um, I, the judgment, the self-judgment I had in sitting in class with all these other amazing, what I felt were creatives, um, it was almost paralyzing for me to start with, to, to imagine that there was something that could be said through me um, other than just my mental noise. That, that, was what I, that was what I didn't understand. Um, and then after working with Jack for a very short period of time, I started to see something happening inside of me that translated out onto the page. And it was, I wondered where I had been for such a long time. Like, like if I was suddenly seeing this person emerging, where had she been all this, all this time, all these decades? And I used to cry every day driving home from class, not because I was judging my writing, although I was definitely judging my writing, but more because a part of me was showing herself to myself, um, if that makes any sense at all. So creativity for me is, is being alive. I mean, surely that's the most creative thing we could do as human beings is to be, to be alive in that. And Creative genius is what I feel is living through us and living as us. 
And so then it's like, if everybody has the capacity, if it's, if, if it's inherent to human consciousness to be creative, why do we not access it more? And how do we access it more? And what do we do so that we can almost move ourselves to the side of ourselves and then we can hear that soft voice of creativity or creative genius as I like to call it. Um, David Hawkins, who wrote the book Power Versus Force, which is a bit of a heady book for me, but he has a wonderful chapter in there on creativity and genius. And he says that creative, that genius and creativity are subjectively experienced is experienced as a witnessing. And I've often thought that we can't witness if we've got all this mental noise. It's very, it's the witnessing which requires some attention. Then he goes on to say that this witnessing is a phenomenal bypassing of the individual self. So I interpret that as the witnessing is something that's happening other than just the self being the self, the human self being the self. And then the question becomes, well, how do we get ourselves in that sort of fertile place where we're witnessing? Most people who have, you know, insight often speak about how they're having it when they're doing something um, different to their daily routine, like jogging, hiking, dancing, in the shower maybe, when that mental noise just quietens for a moment and then, and then they have, oh, I could do that about that. Not even necessarily when it comes to writing, but problem solving, right? Without a, a flow chart and um, to-do lists, problem solving can often just, an, an idea or a solution to something can often just arrive in the surprising ways. And then I've often thought, well, if that can happen, is all that, or are all those surprising ways always there? Just waiting for me. Like when I first started writing, I was waiting for myself on the page. Hmm. I, I I think for me, like when you just said that about surprising, you know, it is often, or even I'd go as far as saying always, you know, like surprising, you know, when, when, when I experience what I've come to know as genius, you know, like of, uh, when, when I'm not involved, when I, when I'm out of the way, when my thinking is not so loud that it paralyzes me from allowing that you know to flow through me when when the story of me is so is so prevalent that just doesn't happen you know but when uh, in the moments when I'm free of that thinking or have the that that you know space to allow that to flow through me you know it's kind of like um sometimes happens in in my talks in what I say when I listen back to it and I think oh what, who was that you know it's kind of like where where did that come from because I, that isn't something I I I I've, I consider myself to to know or understand it's just something that came out in the space that was created in the moment or in my writing you know with you it's kind of like it's been like um you know, if I sit down and think that um, 
oh right you know what do i know what do i write about how can i make this sound good then you know there's nothing coming from that space but when i sit down with nothing on my mind and just kind of let the pen flow and and then witness it back afterwards it's kind of like i always think wow you know where did that come from because it was like i i couldn't i me as in the story and idea of jason you know of that that idea of me that i create on a daily basis couldn't it, it just doesn't come that way you know I just have to get that out of the way and just let it sort of appear on the page or come out verbally you know I totally know what you mean about that um, and after studying this you know for such a long time I've seen it happen repeatedly regardless of you know of, of who the human being is what age the human being is what gender the human being is it's like I think I needed to see it so many times to actually start believing it. You know, I didn't have like an, um, a, oh my God, yes, I see it straight away, even though it was happening to me. It was when I started seeing it happening to other people as well, this, that surprise that, um, that they were almost getting to know themselves in a new way, in a, in a, in a beautiful way. It's like, when we talk about um, innate well-being, is there's no punitive creative genius. We're not going to suddenly get to know our punitive creative genius self, you know. So we're frightened to let go a little bit, and it's like it's always going to be loving, and it might write about content that could possibly stir up emotion. But creative genius, by nature of itself, is love. So it's always going to be a revelation in a positive way, even if the content with, like I said, the content with which we're sharing could be a little bit emotionally charged. The nature with which creative genius accesses through us isn't emotionally charged, it's tender and it's like a soft feather of, of, um, of remembrance of who we are as our at our nature. And I think that's why Sometimes I'm able to write content that can be emotionally charged. People often say to me, oh my God, Jules, you know, how do you write that deeply and not be like needing five months of primal therapy afterwards? And I think it's because, it's because of that. I'm not frightened by my experiences through my writing because it's, it always comes with such a loving accepting quality from from my innate goodness or, or the, the the innate goodness of spirit that's accessing and living through me um but it's not just about writing jason you know um i think it's kind of interesting to you to look at creative genius in a variety of ways like for 26 years i did a job in la that i i did you know I was lucky, it was a great job, but I didn't want to be doing it anymore. And I remember talking to Dickin for years about, well, how am I going to get out, Dickin? How am I going to leave? Come on, coach me. You know, be a coach now. Tell me what to do. You know, what did you do? Like when you left the Pranskis, how did you start your practice? How did you do your website? How did you know how to do a website? And Dickin just used to say that he just used to sit on the sofa every day, you know? <laughs> And I was like, well, yes, probably because you had money put away. So you had money for your bills, you know. So there was always a way of how it could be easier for somebody else and not easy for me to change my life. 
and to be guided in, in the change. And I, can't, I don't know, like I tried everything to change my job, you know, to change my life, to do something that I loved. I had strategies in place and I did talk to coaches when I found Dickin exasperating because um, he wouldn't come up with an idea or a solution or an action plan and the five steps to leaving your job. And he just kind of left me with, with God which is my word for mind, I guess. And then, you know, cut to very short period later, I finally gave up trying to help Dickin help me with that. And maybe that, that was the whole point in the giving up. Something started to percolate in me. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll teach method writing. And then I was like, oh, nobody makes any money teaching writing these days. And, and then that voice got super quiet again underneath all my sort of judgment and the self-consciousness of desire to live a different way you know why couldn't I just be happy doing what I'm doing if I really understood the three principles I'd suck it up understand it's just my thinking and be be appreciative for this amazing job with all the perks and benefits so then I moved into all the judgment you know about my thinking about my job and then six months later, you know, that little feather of an idea showed up again, you know, why don't I teach method writing, you know, and, and so then I took a step on that. And then I talked to my teacher and he's like, no, you know, you can't do it. It's online. It's not going to have the same impact. And then I got a bit waylaid with that, you know, oh, silly me, silly self-conscious me go back to working on my thinking about my job and then I can stay and do it. You know, if I just sorted out my thinking about my job, my job wouldn't be so bad. It's only my thinking about it that's making it bad. But at all the time there was this creative genius kind of with this very light touch pointing me somewhere else. You know, so then I thought, well, I had that, you know, I think I was dancing one night and I thought, well, I could just get a group of friends and my sister together and do a little online program and see what happens. So I started with my sister and three friends, just four of us, two of whom are still working with me now. Thank you very much to those girls for staying. Um, and then I like, just like I found myself on the page all those years ago when I started writing, I found myself in my conversation when I was teaching writing online and I was like, Oh gosh, and sometimes I would get off the Zoom call, I'd be weeping, like I was weeping coming home from my writing classes, you know, 17, 16 years ago, just with how I was being witnessed and how I was witnessing myself in a different way. So I didn't have to make any big decisions to leave my job. It just happened. And now I'm, you know, I'm teaching and I feel like, right now this is what i'd like to do for the rest of my life but i people say to me well how did you get here and i don't know mm. like when you said you sit down with the empty page without anything on your mind what if you know what if creativity worked like that too for 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 problems that well in inverted commas problems or decisions we have to make what if can creative genius had the reins of that 
Yeah. I was, that's, that's kind of good what you talked about because it was what I was going to ask, you know, it's like, it's, it was interesting hearing how it showed up for you, you know, and that you weren't really coached into it, you know, that it's kind of like that it, that it just kind of, um, when you got out of your own way, I guess is how I'd put it that you, you know, it was there. And I've, Bill Pettit always says, you know, it's like um, the flute in a marching band. You know, he says it's always there, but sometimes you can't hear it because of the trumpets. And and there's various other metaphors that I love, you know, for, for hearing that sort of that small, quiet, um, consistent voice that's there, you know, but but we just don't hear it for the noise of our own minds. And um, I guess my question would have been, you know, or, or maybe even still is, you know, it's kind of like that. Or it looks, let me put it another way. It looks to me that like, if I hadn't have gone into doing Genius Catalyst with Michael Neal and I hadn't done the writing stuff with you, it's kind of like, you know, I don't know if that, I don't know if it would have showed up so quickly, you know, or it looks like it might not have ever, or I, I don't honestly know that whether that's true, but up until the time of me exploring in this conversation you know it's kind of like I really was stuck in the story of being a non-creative you know and it was like it's only since having the experiences of you know I remember um when I first did Genius Catalyst like Michael gave us this um scavenger hunt to do right so he's given out this list of things that we had to go and collect and like I told him this it was quite funny that when he was doing it I was thinking right, fuck this, I can just go outside and pretend I tried and I couldn't do it and then come back. Or I can just go outside, make a phone call, wait for people to come back and, and just pretend I did it or something like that because there's no way I'm going looking for these things. But like, it was probably the most um, interesting thing because I just saw how how my ideas about things could be so different, you know, like, oh, like there were certain things on the list about, uh, one of them was um, collecting an NFL um, memorabilia thing and we were walking down the seafront and we saw this guy drawing stuff and we said hey can you draw us got it up on the phone can you draw us this NFL like memorabilia thing and then we started and I, and I just had this this huge realization of kind of like going wow I'm so stuck in a fixed idea of what what this is supposed to be like this creative experience you know and it's kind of like and it can be it can come in so many different ways you know, so so I guess if I had a question or that, it would be like, how do people that are not in a program, you know, where it's re some they're trying to express some form of creativity, how do people see that or or hear that, you know, like, and in what direction? And I guess it can come in any form, right? It doesn't have to be writing or artistic or musically. I mean, it's it can come in many ways. I think I think it does come in many ways, and I think it's a really great question. Um, I think it's a really great question. I, I don't know for other people really. I only know sort of from my experience and, and um, I've got a couple of close friends who are sort of tossing that idea around right now. They're not writers, they're not paint, they don't paint. Um, and they've got projects they want to bring into the world and they're not sure how to do it. So they want someone to sit down and create the action steps for them because that's how we're taught. Yeah. You know, we're taught to make strategies and lists and you know even when we move homes it's like all the lists to do and sometimes the lists create more stress for me i think that it's simpler than that yeah it, 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 that if we can simplify 
all the um, noise, then then we're going to hear something differently. But most of us, you know, most people, and I put myself into this category, spend a lot of time running the tape of thought, you know, the, of what we know, what's familiar. Okay, so this is what I'm thinking, what's coming forward for me right now. Courage. Like, I honestly think at, at the end of the day, there's some radical courage to do something differently and to, to do oneself a little differently. Like, it takes courage to stare at the empty page and have someone say, sit down with nothing on your mind and mind for your deep voice. And when people do that, it's frightening. But if they do it, then they're demonstrating courage. It takes courage to leave a marriage when you're not happy anymore. It takes courage to leave a job when you're a single woman who's approaching 60 and you, you don't know where your money's gonna come from. Mm. And you lose your health insurance and you live in America because your health insurance comes through your job. That took courage and I was terrified. And if I listened to my thoughts that were terrifying, I would have stayed. And so I sometimes felt like I was drowning under the terror that I could create for myself through my thinking. Um, And it wasn't like I thought, okay, well, push that away. And it it was almost like every thought I could have possibly had was there. And the choice was mine about which one I wanted to live in or which one I wanted to have live me. I was too frightened to be homeless living under a bridge in Santa Monica that I just couldn't afford the luxury of wallowing in fear. And I thought if I just don't future catastrophize, it's funny, isn't it, how we think about the future, but we rarely fantasize in an affirming way. We future catastrophize. Why do you so that is for me um and i didn't future fantasize either i just tried to stay with okay what what am i going to do today what's going to happen today am i going to frighten myself into sort of paralysis almost with my thinking or can i just write myself through it so for me it's always been writing myself through it you know it it loosens the fear loosens its hold then and i take a deep breath it's like having a cup of tea and then i get on and 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 then when i'm sort of through through my worry then there's a little little feather of a voice there that's like oh you know maybe i'll do this and then, then there's a radical responsibility to step up and do that next thing because then there's, it's like that David White poem about, you know, the first step and take the first step. And it's always about that first step. You can't get somewhere without taking a step. You know, spirit meets us at the place of our action. They used to say that when I did my spiritual psychology masters, spirit meets you at your place of your action. I think creative genius meets us at the place of our first step it's like oh there you are i've been waiting for you Mm. how about this how about that and then we can kind of explore a little bit i remember when i was um writing this ba program on projections and part of it, I, when I was talking, I was talking about how we live faced into the corner of a room. 
and I've talked about this on the writing program sometimes, if you go to a corner of a room where there's that triangle V and you face inwards, that's kind of how we live. There's this little area that we're familiar with. It's, it, we're familiar with our negativity. We're familiar with our happiness. We're familiar with this little life. And creative genius is what happens when we turn around away from the patterns of ourselves. And then we, and then we look out and, when I did that the first time, I was almost overwhelmed to a, to a point of breathless at how vast creative, the potentiality of creative genius is. Like I wanted to run back to the corner of the room, Jason, and put my head back in and say, oh God, no, you know, I'm not big enough for that. I'm not brave enough for, my, for creative genius. I'm not, I can't do it. It's easier to just be in this little world where it's safe. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I actually got like a visceral feeling when you were saying that, because that's been very much my experience, you know, too, about um, when, when I do get out of my own way, you know, it's kind of like my next hurdle is always the judgment, you know, of how scary it is what I create. You know, it's kind of like I look at something and I think, wow, where did that come from? You know, and, and then it's kind of like, then the judgment of it, oh, but it's fucking shit. No one would want to hear it. It's useless. You know, why would anyone want to see this? This won't work anyway. Who do you think you are? You know, it's kind of like the, the judgment is, is, is overwhelming. And that's because it is so scary. You know, it's kind of like when, and it's, it's showing up in the world so differently to how I've traditionally shown up like a, like a little quiet voice sat in the corner of the room. Like you said, you know, it's like stepping out of that space and, and just saying, you know, here, here, here I am, you know, it's kind of like, and, um, for me, you know, this, so the, 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 you know, yeah, it thought looks very real in that moment, you know? And there's nothing that douses creative genius more than sort of self-conscious judgment, mm. right? It's like, you can't, we can't have both. Um, I love, I love to live in that sort of space of, what if it was true that everything is already waiting for me? What if it is true that creative genius is as expansive as I experienced when I turned away from the corner of the room? What if it is true that I could teach method writing online, combine it with my love of the three principles? It, I don't have to tell myself it is because when I tell myself it is, sometimes I become overwhelmed. But when I ask myself the question, you know, what if it is true? It's like a little crack opens up for me when I do that. And then in that crack, creative genius has some access to me. And it's, and then it doesn't come like channeling through, like, you know, with a bunch of trumpet noise. It's just a very quiet little witnessing. And, you know, we live in a world where everything is loud and instant and quick and we value all of the speed and the sound and the noise and the largeness of it. So we're, by nature, I think we're, we're predisposed to trust the witnessing, but we don't just do it on a regular basis. David White has this amazing poem called The Lightest Touch, and I just was thinking this morning like what poem would really exemplify what we're pointing to here you and I today and I thought oh god you know what 
I, I used a line in my head this morning, the lightest touch, how could we talk about that? And then I remembered this poem. So this poem is called The Lightest Touch by David White. And it's such a metaphor, I think. It's a very short poem. The first line is, good poetry begins with the lightest touch. So if we say that a, an awake life, we take out good poetry and put an awake life begins with the lightest touch, a breeze arriving from nowhere, a whispered healing arrival, a word in your ear, a settling into things. Settling, a whispered healing arrival, a word in your ear, a settling into things. All that speaks to insight. Then he says, then, like a hand in the dark, it arrests your whole body, stealing you for revelation. Who hasn't had insight and felt it was a revelation? And then he says, in the silence that follows a great line, you can feel Lazarus deep inside, even the laziest, most deathly afraid part of you, lift up his hands and walk toward the light. And for me, that says it all, really. It speaks to the creative potential of, of all of us. And if we think about when we have insight, we're like, oh my God, like, where did that come from? It doesn't often come from a spreadsheet. Maybe it does for some people. For me, it's never come from a spreadsheet or a to-do list. It's come from hiking or dancing or walking my dog. And I've been like, oh my God, how come I didn't know that? Like, that's so surprising but it's that little voice. And then, I and then I feel Lazarus deep inside, even the laziest parts of me, raise my hands towards the light because something other than me is in the conversation of my life then. Creative genius is accessing me. Then I'm being lived and I'm living my will, God's will, and the the absolute nuance of creativity and genius happening simultaneously as me in the world. Beginning with the lightest touch and a breeze arriving from nowhere. From nowhere. It has to come from nowhere because if it came from somewhere that we already know, it wouldn't be something amazing arriving from nowhere. And how does nowhere happen? It only happens when our minds are quiet. Our thoughts are quiet, we're not judging, we're not embarrassed, our ego doesn't have too much self-censorship. It arrests, sorry, it, I just wanted to say that line again, it arrests your whole body, stealing you for revelation. I think that ties in with what I was going to say, that... <clears throat> To me, what, what I notice is it's always quite effortless, you know, that when it, when it, when it just flows through me versus that's kind of my indicator, you know, of kind of like whether I'm involved or whether it's just kind of coming because it feels effortless, you know, when, it, when I let things flow through me, it feels um, I don't have to think about it or make it up or worry about how it will work or if it's right or not right, that it just kind of flows, you know, and, and, and 
I really noticed that. I mean, it happens in writing, in speaking, you know, in the ways that I am creating as well, you know, that it's kind of um, with whatever I'm creating, um, that I don't have to think too much about it. It just feels right, you know, it just comes out versus when I'm sat there with a pen or I'm sat there with a creative project in front of me or I'm speaking to someone feeling awkward and like it's all on me, you know, it's kind of like that. The, the, there's a real... Um, noticing for me of, of the two ways that it can, you know, of, of, of the way it shows up when it's genius and creativity just flowing through me versus the story of me, you know, that's trying to sound good or ego, you know, or whatever it is. Is that happening more and more for you now? I'd say it um, comes and goes, you know, and depending on my state of mind, I mean, the, 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 um, I don't know. I wouldn't say I wouldn't try and give you my five steps to creativity for sure. For sure you know, there's not like a, there's not like a, I get to down with nothing on your mind, be perfectly peaceful, turn all the sounds off, you know, and then it will just come, you know, it's kind of like, it doesn't seem to happen like that. I think like what I do know is if there is a step, you know, involved, it would be that um, don't try and don't sit down to a creative project when I've got a lot on my mind and things are not feeling good. You know, it's kind of like that, um, I found the mornings are great for me because I've got less on my mind and I wake up with a clear mind and it's like, and whatever, whether I'm writing, whether I'm creating something, you know, um, it's, I just usually find that I can get into that space of allowing things to flow when, when, when there's not so much going on. And, and, um, and, and also like the, the reason, probably another reason it's getting easier is because of the noticing, you know, noticing when I'm involved versus when it's just flowing through me. And, um, you know, if I sit down to something and it starts to become difficult, you know, I know just to step away from it, you know, and that it's like there's, there's um, you know, I don't have such things as, I mean, deadlines do exist, you know, in, in somebody's made up world. But like I try and, you know, stay away from creating any form of pressure, you know, to, to perform or to create something or to get something there when I can. I mean, there's obviously times when I need to do something, but it usually happens of its own accord and not down to me, you know. I love what you're saying um, and it makes me chuckle because it, I think I'm having like memory back to when we were um, first working together a few months ago and you'd suddenly write a piece for class and the reaction of yourself when you would read it, you were kind of, you'd almost looked a bit surprised and mm -hmm. then the reaction of other people when they heard your work. Um, and I think, you know, that's the beauty of creative genius. It's the surprise. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a surprise. It's the surprise. It's it's like what if we were the surprise for ourselves and and we just don't realize it yet, you know. Yeah. We've got about five or eight minutes left. So let's talk a little bit about your your teaching and your writing class, you know, because I know it's been um yeah, it's been it's been an amazing experience for me, you know, just like the stuff that we've talked about today, you know, just to see what when I get out of my own way and to see what what flows through me, you know, to the point where actually my own writing, you know, I kind of sometimes, you know, I read I read back or I look at it and I think, wow, you know, did I where did that come from? You know, it's kind of like it's in that way for me, it's been um 
it's been a revelation, you know, in kind of like creating stuff that I didn't know I could create, you know, and I think that's been like one of the biggest things I would say that I've got out of it is that I, I signed up for it on based on an instinctive feeling, you know, it's kind of like, like I do everything these days. If it feels right, I kind of go for it. And if it doesn't, I don't. And um, not knowing or having a clue, apart from speaking to a couple of people who'd done it, they said they wrote stuff that they didn't know they could write. So I thought that kind of sounds good to me because I want to write, but I don't quite love what I do. Um, and then, you know, through the process that we've been in, you know, it's kind of that, um, you know, I look back at some of the stuff and think, you know, it's not like... Um, you know, yeah, there are kind of steps to take or, or, you know, there's a process to follow, so to speak. But, you know, this, the actual content of what comes out was just came out from, from, from me, you know, just came out from inside me. It wasn't like you're taught to form every sentence and so on, you know, it's kind of like the feeling behind the words, the, the, the depth of the content that comes out, you know, it's, it, it's something that's within everyone, right? It's totally within everyone. And I think that's what, what that's why the program in LA has been successful for so many decades, because it's a little bit like, you know, we've talked about this in class that you have to give, we have to give ourselves something to do to get ourselves out of the way so that something else can happen. And then we see that something else happen. And we're like, wow, what a surprise. And we witness that. So we, the exercises that I give you, focus the human to get out of the way a little bit so you're focusing on the exercise and through doing that um your the focus then isn't on feeling self-conscious or wanting to be a good writer because you just have this exercise to do and then in doing the exercise there is a result which is usually very surprising and and often um transformational for people because they they get to experience creative genius it's a way i think I don't even think that Jack, my teacher, understands this because he's not a 3P person. Um, maybe he does understand it in a different way. But the power of redirecting the, the human being allows for, the, for creative genius to have access to the human being and then something surprising happens and then the human being witnesses that surprise and then they, their consciousness ex is expanded. Um, that's been my experience. It's what I've seen. But it's, it's interesting coming back to, you know, thought for a second, because, you know, just three weeks ago, even after having an incredibly successful year and amazing people from all around the world doing my program and, um, you know, promoting me, I haven't had to do any advertising really other than some Facebook stuff and Instagram. I still had this moment at the end of the class a few weeks ago when we finished the the holidays where I went into scarcity and I had that thinking, Oh God, no one's ever going to sign up again. Why did I leave my job in LA? Who's going to pay my health insurance? And I could almost not breathe with fear, you know? And, and I was like, Oh wow, that's so interesting. And, you know, because I understand more now about, you know, about, about how creates our experience. I thought, I, you know, I didn't want that to be kind of my experience, but I recognized the power of it. And I, and I didn't know that I knew how to not carry that thinking so not believe the thinking and not feed the thinking about scarcity. I didn't know that I knew how to not do that. So it was such a blessing for me to realize that that thought is always there. 
And it's if I'm going to put weight on it, it's going to become more of something. And if I just recognize it's there. And within 24 hours of having that scarcity awareness of, the, of that potential of scarcity, my programs filled up, every class filled. And so it is, it's like that brings me back to that question, you know, it's like, what if everything we want is always there and it's only us who are in the way of it? I think that's a great question to end with, you know, to, for anyone listening to reflect on, you know, it's kind of like, what if, you know, and, and um, it's not a question to be answered, is it? It's a question to, to you know, just to consider and, and to reflect on. So for anyone listening who wants to learn more about what you do, you know, how can people get in touch with you? And um, I, I guess you said you're writing classes are full. So, um, but you've got the details of it on your website, right? Yeah, so it's uh, jewelswales.com and um, the classes are full for January, but um, I'm not sure when you're going to be putting this podcast out, but, um, you know, there'll be another session six weeks later starting. So, okay. and I'm actually, because I, because there's more people interested now than I have space for, I'm actually going to do more classes in the spring. So there'll be way more space because I just want to make, I want to make this experience accessible to as many people as possible. Yeah, and highly recommended for me, who's, who's, <laughs> who's been participating. So thanks very much for doing this. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Thanks so much, Jason.